Well, good morning once again and happy Easter to everyone. This morning, at this time, as we look into the scriptures, God's word, I'm struck with uh, the awesome responsibility of, of having to speak uh, his truth and speak for him this morning. And knowing that there are so many different um, circumstances, different needs represented, um, I couldn't possibly speak to every heart unless the Holy Spirit helps us. And um, I would like us to pray one more time. You could just bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for today and the truth and the reality of what Jesus has done, both on the cross, dying for our sins, and then rising from the dead three days later and then ascending into heaven. And we know that he ever lives to make intercession for us, to pray for us, to uh, stand in the gap on our behalf. And so, God, today I pray for every person here, God, every heart, every life, every family represented, God. There are so, so many needs, God. We live in such a, a, a fractured, uh, stressful broken world with so many needs, but God, we thank you that you still meet needs, you still bring comfort, you still bring hope, you still, you still change lives, Father, and we thank you for that. We pray for every person, God, that their heart would be open, their eyes would be open to see spiritual truth and to understand in Jesus' name. This morning, I've entitled my message, Easter is the Answer, with a subtitle, so what's the question? You know, we, could, we can say things like very um, uh, cliche-ish. We can uh, glibly say, yes, East is the answer. But we have to find out what's the question. Because I'm reminded of some small children in children's church. And uh, the teacher was impressing and the children's workers, leaders were impressing that Jesus is the answer. They were telling them, no matter what they're going through, Jesus is the answer. And the little children were just soaking it up. They were just receiving it. And so that was so impactful and so much on their mind. And then one day in class, as uh, the leader, uh, the children's church worker, was teaching the children about God's wonderful creation and how awesome God is and all that he created, all the universe and the animals and the birds and all and then so one of the questions to the little children was, what has a furry tail, chases nut, looks for nuts up trees? And one little girl raised her hand so excitedly, said, Jesus. Because she, they thought Jesus was always the answer. So for me this morning to say Easter is the answer, we have, to, we have to kind of backtrack a little bit. We have to ask the question or find out what, what is the question if Easter is the answer. So I'd like you to turn with me to Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. And the word of God tells us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith 
for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So if Easter is the answer, so what is the question? And I'd like to just share with you quickly three points that I hope will be relevant and you'll be able to relate to it and it'll be helpful to you this morning. Number one is, how do we deal with our past? How do we deal with our past? Verse 3 says, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. And in another translation, it, it helps us to see it a little differently and maybe a little bit clearer. It says that there is a new birth into a living hope. This morning as we gather together, along with multiplied millions of people, actually in the billions worldwide, that gather together for church on Easter Sunday, we all come together and we all acknowledge, hopefully, that no one is perfect this morning. The scriptures tell us that we've all sinned and we've all fall, fallen short of God's standard. That there is none righteous, no, not one. So we all understand this morning that we're not perfect. None of us measure up. You don't measure up, I don't measure up all the time. We mess up. We blow it. We fail. And so the question is, how does God respond to that? How does God respond to people? How does God respond to you and I when we fail, when we blow it, when we don't measure up? Well, we know how people respond. I'm glad God doesn't respond like people. It just seems like today in our culture that there is no mercy. No mercy. If you mess up, if you blow it, if, especially if people see it, what do they do? They cancel you out. They delete you, they unfollow you, they put it out on, on, on social media, and they just blast you. There's no mercy. We all know about the famous slap. We all know about Will Smith slapping, was it Chris, Chris Rock? And I'm not, I'm not condoning it. What he did was wrong. He did it out of anger. But he's a public figure, and he was on TV, and there was cameras, and everybody saw his weak moment. Again, I'm not condoning, not justifying it, but look how everybody is canceling him out, and everybody is just kicking him to the curb. Now imagine, just imagine with me. See, I know you're all looking so pious and so holy right now, and oh, how could pastor in any way justify what happened? I'm not justifying it, but I'm just saying, what if a camera was following you around? 24-7. Now, did any of you ever say a word that you would like to take back? I'm not just pointing at you, Pastor Mike. I'm not accusing you of anything. But, but ha haven't we all said things and done things and we thank God that we were not on a camera? Uh, imagine if all of us had someone following us around with a camera. Um, I'm sorry. Actually, we do. You. You're following yourself around with a camera. But the only thing is, on the camera, what you're filming is all your highlights. Nobody's fil filming their lowlights. 
Everybody's filming their, their, their highlight reel of all the great things there, how good, they, good looking they are, and, and all of you today are going to get your picture uh, in front of the church and, uh, with your Sunday best, and you're going to put it on. Oh, church, church was awesome. We, we had church today. Hallelujah. Easter Sunday. You see, people nowadays, they will just have no mercy. God help us. And we see even in the no mercy such hypocrisy that all of a sudden people become so self-righteous and so perfect. You know what Jesus said? He was without the sin. Cast the first stone. Come on now. How many of you are still with me? But listen. I'm reminded of God's mercy. God's mercy. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. I'm grateful this morning that his mercies are new every morning. I'm reminded of the scripture where there was a woman in the, in, in the gospels, a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. She was sleeping with a man that was not her husband. She was caught and she was brought by the religious leaders and, and they, they brought her to Jesus and, and everybody got their phone out and they were going to see how, how was Jesus going to respond to this. Some of you are scratching your head. I didn't know they had cell phones back then. But what did Jesus do? Jesus did not condemn her. He showed her mercy. And that is a picture of, of the heart of God towards sinful, broken, fallen humanity, just like you and I. God shows mercy. He protected her dignity. He showed her mercy. He didn't condemn her. Neither did he condone what she did. He told her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see, that's how Jesus deals with you and I. He not only shows us mercy when we messed up, but he treats us with dignity no matter what we have done. Why? Because he shed his blood on a cross and his blood can wash away every sin stain. If his blood is not good enough to cover the worst of humanity, his blood is not good enough to cover any of the sins of humanity. But we know that the blood of Jesus was powerful and it was able to cover and it was able to cleanse and it was able to change the heart and forgive the sin of humanity the mercy of God Easter is all about a second chance Easter is all about the resurrection power of Christ to bring life to bring change to bring hope to you and I I heard of the story of a Georgia Tech when the Georgia Tech played the University of California in the Rose Bowl in 1929. In the game, one of the players recovered a fumble. And instead of running to score a touchdown for his team, he ran in the wrong direction. Now for you, those of you that might not know football, that's not a good thing. He ran in the wrong direction and he had to be tackled by his own player. He had to be tackled by his own player before he scored a touchdown for the other team. So they go into the locker room 
And this player, this big football player, is sitting dejected in the corner, weeping with a towel over his head. And the coach addresses the team, and he challenges the team, getting ready to go out for the second half of the game. And the coach surprised all of the team when he named all of the same players that played in the first half of the game would play in the second half of the game. And so when all were ready to go out, all the whole team went out except that one player that blew it. That one player that, that almost cost his team the game. He was sitting there weeping, dejected, not wanting to go out. And his coach said, you need to go out there. And he said to his coach, he said, listen, he said, I, I've shamed you, I've shamed my team, he said I've embarrassed the fans, the whole pro football program of Southern California. But his, you know what his coach said to him? He said, it's only half over. The game is only half over. Go out there and show them what you're made of and play your, your best football. And that's the message of Easter. You and I, given a second chance, we've blown it, we've messed up, but God says, go out there. I'm with you. My spirit is with you. I can give you hope. I can give you courage. You can start again because of the mercy of God. Can you say amen? amen. Verse 3 says, who according to his abundant mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope. Easter is the answer. So what is the question? Not only how do I handle my past, but how do I face the future? Verse 4 says, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. How do we face the future? I'm talking about the eternal future. Death is universal. Death is unpredictable. All are going to die. I, I just want you to know, a statistic just came out, 100% of you will die. Thank you, Pastor, for the good news today. <laughs> Young and old, death is no respecter of persons. Rich and poor, educated, uneducated, Christian, non-Christian. Death is universal. Only fools go through life unprepared for what they know is inevitable. Only fools Go through life unprepared for what they know is inevitable. My wife and I just recently took a, a missions trip, a ministry trip to Liberia. We were there for only, on the ground for only like eight or nine days, 10 or 11 days total of travel time. But, but we spent months preparing, making arrangements all of the COVID protocol, the shots, the supplies, the packing, the reservations, the planning of the messages and, and, and the conference and all of that took weeks and months of preparation for only a week or so. And so, so should we have. But think about eternity. We are on this earth for 70, 80, 90 years. We're in eternity forever. And people live their lives YOLO, bro. 
YOLO. You only live once, they say. That's true. But eternity is forever. Eternity is forever. I remember being young and thinking a 30-year-old. I remember my, being in grade school and looking at my teacher and they were in the 30s. And I thought they were so old. But what I've learned, the older I get, the younger they become. This past week, I was, I was in a, a coffee shop just working on my message. And I saw this el elderly gentleman sitting there. And I was looking at me, so I just nodded at him. And then when I got up, he asked me, he says, what were, you, what were you studying? I said, he said, are you studying? I said, yeah, actually, I'm studying. I'm a pastor, and I began to talk to him a little bit. I found out he was 94 years old. And he had a friend with him who, who retired also from the, the police force, and, and I think he was in his 70s or 80s, and he was telling me about his young friend. His young friend came out, and he's young. And his young friend told me that this man just bought a brand new 2022 vehicle at 94 years old. God bless him. But the reality is how fast time goes by. And many people fear death. They fear getting old. There's the unknown, there's the confusion, and then there's bad and wrong theology and wrong teaching that, that is not biblical, that is just uh, foolishness and fanciful thought of, of, of so-called philosophers. The Bible is true. Jesus died on a cross so that you and I could have eternal life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And you see, that's the hope that we have. And in, in, in the scriptures, it says that through Jesus' resurrection, he destroyed him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and releases those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, the bondage of fear. Jesus in Revelation the book of Revelation, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am he who was dead, and now I'm alive. And I have the keys of death and hell. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he was paying for the sins of humanity. And you know, if Jesus, all he did was live his life, and he was a good teacher, and, 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 and uh, taught good messages, preached good sermons, you know what he would have been? Just a good moral teacher, if that's all he did. And if all he did was die on a cross and he didn't rise from the dead, he would have just been a good, he would have been a good man who was martyred. But you see, when Jesus lived his life, he died on a cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And so that was his victory and he defeated the devil. You see, because he was sinless, because he was perfect, death couldn't hold him. You see, we die because of sin. Right back, all the way back to the Garden of Eden, to the beginning of God's creation. God says, when you, when you disobey me, when you eat of the fruit of the tree of life and death, you will die. And that meant physical and spiritual. 
And so you and I, we die because of sin. Because, but, but you know what? Jesus paid the price and he ra was raised from the dead and he conquered sin, hell, and the grave. And you and I today, we have eternal life because of what he did. Amen. And because he lives, we will live also. And I love what Jesus said. He said, I have the keys of death and hell. You know who, whose house hell is? It's the devil's. But you know what's cool? He doesn't even have keys to his own house. Jesus has the keys. That means he's the one who's in control. And that gives us hope. That gives us courage no matter how bad life is, how challenging, how, how much we have to face. At the end of the day, we know whom we have believed and we are persuaded that he is able to keep that which we've committed unto him against that day. Can you say amen? amen. There were two criminals who died along with Jesus. They both deserved their punishment. Jesus died not for any crimes he had committed or any sins he had been guilty of, but he died for the sins of the world. And one criminal ridiculed him and said, if you are the Messiah, save yourself and save us. But you know what? The other one asked for mercy. Today, you'll be like one or the other, really. You can scoff at Christ. You could make fun of the church. You could say all kinds of things, maybe because of fear, maybe because of confusion. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. Maybe there's bitterness in your life. And then there will be others who will ask for mercy. And that's the good news. And you know what? Jesus promises eternal life. When we receive his mercy, we spend eternity with Jesus. And thirdly and lastly, if Easter is the answer, what is the question? And the third point is, how do you handle the present? Verse 5, it says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This morning, we can be kept by the power of God through faith. We all need more. We all need something. We all realize today... In, in, especially in, in the difficulties and trials of life and, and through COVID. COVID, I, I believe COVID has been a laboratory for a lot of lessons that we can learn that we couldn't have learned any other way. But I think we learn that, that we're finite. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That, that we're, we're powerless in a lot of ways. We're limited. We're broken people. We're, we're, none of us are completely whole. But you know what happens? Instead of drawing closer to God and to others, our brokenness makes us angry. And it leads to disappointment. It leads to bitterness. And we just kind of, we draw away. We, we, we pull back from people. We pull back from the church and from, from God. There's a man in the scriptures in John chapter 5 he was a sick man. The Bible says he was paralyzed for 38 years. Think about it. 38 years. He was waiting for a miracle. He had wanted to walk. He had longed for it for 38 years. Jesus came to that man and he, and he asked him. He said to the man, do you want to be made well? The response should have been, should have been yes. Simple, simple question. 
Simple answer. Do you want to be made well? Yes. But what did he do? He began to make excuses. I have no one to help me. You know, matter of fact, when I'm, I'm about to, to, to get into the water, when, the, when the, the stirring of the water and this healing flowing, when I'm about to get in, you know what? Somebody steps in my way, somebody goes before me, and, and I miss out on my opportunity. So he begins to, to, to what does he do? Out of frustration. And, and, and isn't that, couldn't that be our experience sometimes in life when we get disappointed, when when things don't happen our way. I mean, is anybody, can anybody relate to that or am I just preaching to a couple of you? But we begin to blame others. Some of you feel that way today. You waited for many years for God to meet a need in your life and you become angry. You begin to blame other people. You begin to excuse your actions and project them on other people. Even in your pain, in your anger, in your hurt, I want you to know something this morning. Jesus does not walk away from you. He doesn't turn his back. He doesn't reject you. But what does he do? He reaches out in mercy just like he did to the lame man. You see, that man was making excuses. That man was, was, was actually pushing Jesus away. But you know what? Jesus reached out to him. He reached out to him with mercy just like he does to you and I. You see, God's Mercy empowers you by faith. And what did he tell the man? He says, get up and walk. And you know what? God has the power through his spoken word to speak into our life, to speak into our lameness, our weakness, our brokenness, and begin to breathe life and breathe newness and speak life. And we, we, we can begin to do things we never thought we can do. We have testimonies, we have experiences, we have seen God work, and we know that he's able to do what he said he will do in his word. And many of you have been waiting years and years, you've been believing for other people. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop praying. Keep on believing. You never know when there will be a turnaround. In the power of God, it says we're kept by the power of God through faith. You have to believe that today. There is power that, that, that meets the need. There is power that's real, that, that touches you and helps you in the long-standing uh, needs that you might have in your life. You know, and I have found out, and, and I believe it's true for you, most of us know what's right. Most of us want to do what's right. But we lack the power to do what's right many times. Paul the Apostle, he shared his story, his experience. He said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Turn to the person next to you and say, I can relate to that. Thank you, thank you. Some of you, you, you want to do what's right. There's a struggle. But you know what, I, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that Paul was real. Sometimes Christians don't always act real. I, I like the saying, and, and, and some people have commented my preaching, and they said, Pastor, you keep it real. We should be keeping it real. Not only in our preaching, but in our living. When we do make a mistake, when we do fall short, we admit it, when we do, don't measure up, we don't excuse it, we don't blame other people. Some of you are still blaming other people for your mistakes. Some of you are still blaming the church for your problem. Listen, you've got to get over it. 
Rise up. Be healed in Jesus' name. There's mercy for you. There's mercy. God extends mercy to you. Receive it this morning. So Paul didn't leave it there. He, he was honest. He was transparent about his struggle. But you know what he goes on to tell us in his story? A few verses later, he says, but if the same spirit or if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he, will he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Praise God. We have resurrection life flowing through us. You know, Easter Sunday is the highest church attendance worldwide. Highest church attendance worldwide. Why? Because of hope. I do believe people want hope. People need hope in their life. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, set off a chain reaction of hope worldwide that is still reverberating through history and will continue until Jesus comes back. The power of the resurrection is still felt today, unabated and unending through the Spirit of God. People are looking for hope. And you need to believe that. You need to receive that this morning. Trials come. Temptations come, setbacks come. Don't give up. Don't quit. Hold on. Don't throw in the towel. I want to just conclude. I'm going to ask the singers and the musicians if they would come back. I just want to conclude with a, with a true story of an attorney. This man who was studying the scriptures, he was a, a Christian attorney, he decided to cancel the debt of all his clients that owed him money for more than six months. So this lawyer drafted a letter explaining his decision in its biblical basis, and he sent out 17 certified letters to those who he was going to cancel their debt. He sends out 17 letters certified, so meaning they had a sign for them. The recipients had a sign for them. 16 of them were returned. Only one person signed for it. You want to know why? Because they were fearing they were being sued. So out of fear, they did not receive and open that letter and receive the debt cancellation. And isn't that so much like you and I many times. We have a picture of God as a God of judgment, a God of wrath, maybe a God of anger. And we, we fail to receive what his word says. We fail to receive. Or maybe we're just lulled to sleep in our experience, in the cares of life, and the worries and the pressures and all the things in this world just, just come in and, and just kind of uh, just cover over what's important. And we lose sight and we don't receive the mercy and the grace of God. Would you stand together with me?
Easter is the answer. It's the answer to the question, how do we deal with our past? It's the answer to the question, how do we face the future? And it is the answer to the question, how do we handle the present? Would you just, in the next couple of moments, we're going to dismiss in just a few moments, but would you just bow your head and, and in these quiet moments, just trust that the Holy Spirit of God will take the simple words that I've shared and somehow, someway, make them impactful in your heart and in your life. This morning, if you need help, if you need mercy to deal with your past or to deal with the future or maybe your present, there is power in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that power is real. That's changed us. It's changed our lives. And you know what? We need, we need his power to continually flow. And this morning, I want to just pray for you. And I just want to take a few moments. Let's let this be quick. I want you to just, if you need help in any of those areas that I mentioned, I want to pray specifically for you. That you would just, as they begin to sing, as the worship team begins to sing, you would just come forward and we pray with you. Oh Lord, you serve.